Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. What up? <laughs> How you doing? Thanks for joining the Burley Gunner Show right here on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network. ClevelandSportsFan.com, Apple Podcast, Red Circle. Thanks for choosing me. However you're listening. Whenever you're listening. Wherever you're listening. <laughs> Who they? Who they? Who they say gonna beat them Bengals? Who they? Who they? Who they say gonna beat them Bengals? Nobody. Uh, we're gonna get into it. We'll, we'll get into the wild shoot, wild card weekend. <sighs> who they? Who they? Who they say gonna beat them Bengals? Who they? Oh, man. Before we get into anything, before we get into any football, before we get in, we're going to talk Cavs today. Before we get into um, Wild Card Weekend, before we get into the divisional rounds, um, I want to take this time to talk about the Burning River Buckets. The Burning River Buckets, um, many of you know, most of you know, and if you're new to the show, I'll tell you here, um, Burning River Buckets are, are are a brand new team in the American Basketball Association, the ABA. Um, there's 150 teams in the ABA. This league has been around for 50 seasons, okay? 50 years this league has been around, and you've got the Burning River Buckets, in their first season, ranked inside the top 25 at number 18. And this Saturday, they will host the number four team in the country. Now, a couple days ago, we were saying that this was going to be a 1 versus 18 matchup because it was. But the Chicago Knights lost in overtime, their last game out. So it's they dropped in the standings to number four. So we're not welcoming in the number one team anymore, but we're welcoming in the number four team. And this is by far the biggest game for the Burning River Buckets 
And speaking selfishly for myself and Mitch, my partner, this is going to be a milestone in our careers as broadcasters. We cannot wait to be in the broadcast booth to call this game. Okay. Now I want you watching the broadcast. I'm going to post the the stream um, that you can watch on your phone or your iPad or your computer or whatever on my Twitter account, like I do every every time we play. I want yet the game though. Okay. This ain't about me and Mitch's broadcast. This is about the Burning River Buckets. And if you're in Northeast Ohio, I know you know at least fifty, sixty percent of my listeners are in Northeast Ohio. If you're here, tickets are ten dollars. Come out to the game. I mean, this team is is really, really putting their their pedal to the metal. And and I, you know, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. Um, but this is, I mean, this is a special moment in Northeast Ohio for an up and coming uh, professional basketball team. That's not the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, not the Canton Charge. Could be. Could be, um, but again, I just I want to I want to thank everybody. I want to thank the owner George. I want to thank um, the players. I want to thank the coach. I want to thank Mitch. Everybody, because this Saturday is going to be a special moment for for not just for not just the buckets. But a special moment for me. I'm excited for this. I can't wait for this again. Number four, Chicago Fury. Did I? I think I said Chicago Knights earlier. If I if I said Chicago Knights, edit that out. Whatever. This is actually the second time of me recording this podcast because we need new freaking equipment here at the Cleveland Sports Fan. This is season number three, and I'm still rolling with the same damn bum equipment that I was using in freaking college. If I said Chicago Knights before, I correct myself, the Chicago Fury, number four ranked team in the ABA, coming to Northeast Ohio, they're coming to Menor, they're going to play the number 18th ranked Burning River Buckets, it's going to be a top 25 matchup, it's going to be an electrifying, electrifying day. The weekend was pretty electric, oh yeah, Cincinnati, you know, took care of business. Took care of business over the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And I know what you're thinking. If you're a Browns fan, you're thinking, well, this should have been us. And if you're not a Browns fan, you're looking at me as a Browns fan, you're probably laughing your ass off telling me that Joe Burrow is better than Baker Mayfield. Fine. Whatever. It is what it is. Uh, there's going to be several teams that don't make the playoffs next year. I think this is one of them. Um, that being said, I do think that they might win this week. Before we, uh, before we get into anything serious, I can't believe I'm going to say this on this show. Um, when it comes to fans, and I'm going to call some people out here. And I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. I don't normally do anything like this, but when it comes to some fans in Northeast Ohio, you know, Browns fans, Buckeye fans, Ohio State Buckeye fans, um, 
What the hell's wrong with you? What are you... What are you doing? I've been observing... The, over the weekend. What is going on? Okay? There is... Everywhere I go, whether it's the supermarket, gas station, hell, Browns game, the mall, it don't matter. I'm shoveling my driveway. It don't matter. What the hell is with this whole Joe Burrow fandom coming out of Cleveland? Are you nuts? Are you kidding me? I know you know what I'm talking about. Everywhere I go, the Twitter sphere, I see some guy talking about I'm 99% Browns fan, and then whenever that 1% kicks in, he's transforming himself into a Bengals fan. Let me, let me, let me get this straight, okay? Let me get this straight. You got a guy. And if you're if you're unaware of what I'm talking about, you're probably not from Northeast Ohio and you don't understand, you don't get it. I'm going to explain it right now. You got a guy okay who grows up in Athens, Ohio. Joe Burrow grew up in Athens, Ohio. It's about 3 hours and 15 minutes, 3 and a half hours away from Cleveland, south. He is about 2 and a half Two hours and 45 minutes east of Cincinnati. And everyone's talking about, oh, this local kid, hometown hero. If the Browns can't do it, I hope Burrow does. Oh, my God. You got a guy who grew up in Athens, Ohio. He went to the Ohio State. University left, whether it was on, whether it was warranted or not, I don't care. Left, went to win a national championship, not with Ohio State, with LSU. He, again, let me rephrase, let me say that again. He's at Ohio State. Wins the national championship for LSU. Heisman. Undefeated. 15-0. All that. At LSU. The same kid. Grew up a Browns fan. Yeah. Guy was damn near closer to Charleston, West Virginia than he was Cleveland. Grew up a Browns fan. Hometown hero. Local kid. Gets drafted number one overall by the Cincinnati Bengals. And in his second year, he wins the AFC North. A division Cleveland has never won. You want me to root for that guy? What? I'm supposed to I'm supposed to go to my local Dick Sporting Goods. You're welcome, Dicks. And buy myself a Joe Burrow jersey because the Browns are out of the playoffs. 
I'm supposed to like this guy? I grew up thinking I'm supposed to hate people like this. Big Ben grew up in Ohio. We don't like Big Ben. Why am I supposed to like Joe Burrow? He's not from Cleveland. He's not a local kid. I don't give a rip that he liked the Browns growing up. Guess what? He don't know more. He don't know more. He is not a Browns fan anymore. He's a Bengals fan. Not only that, he's the Bengals quarterback. I'm sorry. But you're talking about a guy who went to Ohio State, doesn't win a championship at Ohio State, wins it for LSU, gets drafted number one overall in his second season, first full season. He wins the AFC North, not with the Browns, but with Cincinnati. And you're telling me that I got to root for that guy? No. Nope. No thanks. No thanks. I strongly despise that guy. What do you want? What do you want me to do? I didn't no one nobody sat around in 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 06 and, and bought a Steelers jersey with Roethlisberger on the back because he's a local kid. Screw him. Screw Big Ben. And screw Joe Burrow. What the hell do you understand? And then I've got the same people because I make this argument to outside before my show even starts. I can't even believe that it's being talked about on this show. But then I have people saying, well, you don't you support LeBron? Don't you love LeBron? Yes! He brought a championship to Cleveland. What? I don't, I'm not even sure Joe Burrow's ever been to Cleveland. I can't say for sure or not. I don't know. Would like to think so. He grew up a Browns fan. He's only three and a half hours away. But man. I know Browns fans that live in Kentucky and West Virginia. They ain't never been to a Browns game. I, I wonder if he's like that. Your Browns fan that grew up a Browns fan who might possibly has never been to a Browns game. The Browns were 2-0 against the Bengals. Now, we could make the argument, we could we could play the, well, if, what if Baker Mayfield was Cincinnati's quarterback, and what if Joe Burrow was Cleveland's quarterback, then what would you say? No, nah, I don't want to have that talk, I don't have that argument, Baker Mayfield's my quarterback, Joe Burrow's not, Joe Burrow's the quarterback for the Bengals. Sorry, I'm not going to like him, I'm not going to root for him. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going... I'm not going to my sporting goods store and buying a jersey of Joe Burrow. I don't give a crap where he was born. Athens, Ohio? Big deal. From my understanding, he should have went to Ohio University instead of Ohio State University then. If you're talking about hometown hero, local kid. 
LeBron won a championship. LeBron, LeBron is the reason that I stood on top of a freaking fire truck while it was moving in downtown Cleveland. Joe Burrow's... He's the reason that I have a cut on my fist because I punch things when he does well. I'm done. That's it. That's all I have to say about it. I apologize. I can't believe that's how we opened the show. But it had to have been said. Because all over my Twitter sphere, all over Snapchat, every I go to a gas station and I see the Joe Burrow jersey. And they're not a he's not a Bengals fan. He's just an alternate fan of Ohio teams, apparently. And I guess we live in a world where if you're from Ohio and the and you're a Browns fan and they miss the playoffs, but the Bengals are doing well, then we can go root for them. Well, because they're local. Pittsburgh's a two-hour trip from Cleveland. Cincinnati's about four. Talk about local. Get that. Let's keep it with Cincinnati. Let's stay with Cincinnati. Um, I actually think that they could win on Saturday. I really do. I actually think that they could pull off the win. I know I just went on that big spiel. Um, but this is where I go from uh, a realist or Homer fan, Burley Gunner, to realistic uh, sports broadcaster, Burley Gunner. And I, I, I really do like the Bengals here because, and let me tell you why. Because I think that the bo- both sides that I'm about to tell you benefit the Bengals. Um, Tennessee, I mean, yeah, they had that the game at Seattle where they came back from double digits and, and won the game on the road. And I, I was talking all year about how they can't come from behind. And I just, I still kind of going to roll with that. Okay. Um, they don't want to go down 10 nothing, 14 nothing, the Cincinnati Bengals. Because if they do, I don't know. I get Tractor Cito's coming back. Big old Derrick Henry. I understand he's coming back. But, I mean, at the end of the day, guys coming back in their first game back from an injury after, you know, it seems like maybe being rushed back a little bit. I can't trust Derrick Henry to go for a buck 50 and two touchdowns, and they're going to need him to if they're going to beat the Bengals. All right. I think if Cincinnati goes off to a, 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 not a not so much a big lead. Now I'm not talking twenty one nothing. I'm not talking seven nothing. If they, I mean, if the Bengals go up seven nothing and Tennessee hasn't even taken the field yet, I'm not going to be tweeting saying, "Oh, this game's over." But if 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 Cincinnati goes up seventeen seven at halftime, that's going to be kind of hard to, for Tennessee to come back from. Now, what if Tennessee goes up seventeen nothing? Well, I think Cincinnati has a really good shot at coming back. And that's where I that's where I'm gonna draw the line here. When you've got when you tell me that, okay, this game could start off either way. Um the Bengals could go up or the Titans could go up, but it, the Bengals would probably they're, they're gonna be in the game regardless. You know, if it's if it's twenty-four to ten to start the fourth quarter, I'm not putting the Bengals away. Just because of the way the way that they are able to throw the ball, find Jamar Chase, 80-yard touchdowns, 60-yard touchdowns, 50. 
it's never going to be over until it's over. I don't care, you know, Tennessee's going to try to run the ball and, and, and stop the run, and, and Cincinnati doesn't really stop the run very well. I get that. But they're not going to be put away. Now, I don't even think they're going to be losing in this game. I think they're going to grab the lead. And I think after they grab the lead, I think they're going to hold on to that lead. And I think Tennessee is going to fall to Cincinnati um, just because, eh, Ryan Tannehill, I would trust Joe Burrow more than I would Ryan Tannehill. Again, being realistic. Doesn't mean I like Joe Burrow. Doesn't mean I'm going to go buy my number nine Joe Burrow jersey. Hopefully the freaking nameplate can stay on this one. Either that or we'll, we'll turn it into a Carson Palmer jersey or Jake Plummer. I like the Bengals, um, and I liked them over the weekend, too. Listen, I, I think if you look back to the NFL season, um, I don't think there was a lot of parity this year. And then when you get to the playoffs, I don't think there's a lot of parity. I think if you look back um, at this week, at this weekend, with every game that was played, every one of them, every single one of them, I think the better team won. I do. I think in every game over the weekend, the better team won the football game. Chiefs beat the Steelers. I mean, that's obvious. They're obviously better. Um, rest in peace to Big Ben. His career is hopefully over. I speak selfishly when I say that. Um, Bengals beat the Raiders. Bills beat the Patriots. Bucks beat the Eagles, the Niners beat the Cowboys, and the Chiefs beat the Steelers. <clears throat> Rams beat the Cardinals. How about them Cowboys, by the way? How about them Cowboys? So, on Monday, <clears throat> when I woke up, and really, when I went to bed Sunday, I saw, this is what I saw. I saw two different things, two different reasons why the Cowboys lost to the San Francisco 49ers. I saw one that the officials cheated and misplaced the ball on purpose to make Dallas run out of time. Nah, that's crap. First of all, what, what did you expect there? You're really telling me that if the referee didn't misplace the football, Dak Prescott was just going to drop back, throw up a Hail Mary. Someone's going to come down in the end zone with it. What is Calvin Megatron Johnson over on the sideline in a Dallas uniform about to go snag one? Is that, I mean, how are you guaranteeing this? Why are you guaranteeing a win based off of a, a last second Hail Mary from the what, the 35? And then you got the people who are blaming the coaching staff and blaming Dak Prescott for running a QB sneak up the middle with 13, 14 seconds to go. Again, the Dallas Cowboys did not lose because of uh misplaced football at the end of the game as time was expiring and they definitely didn't lose it because Dak Prescott decided to run a QB sneak at the 14 yard line with no timeouts 
Was that a dumb decision? Yes, that was stupid. You had two options to go to the end zone. Coach Mike McCarthy uh, backed Kellen Moore after the game. So I get it. But, like, that's not why they won the game. That's not why San Francisco won against Dallas. I don't think San Francisco fans are sitting here today thinking, Oh, man! Woo! It's a, it, you know, it's a really good thing that that referee misplaced that football because we were toast. There was no way that we were going to stop that last play. <laughs> no, San Francisco fans are, are saying what I'm saying. Uh, did you watch the game? Did you actually have the TV on? Put your eyes to the freaking TV? Or did you have your face glued into your popcorn and your phone? Then your pizza. Me? I eat pizza at halftime. I eat wings and pizza pregame, halftime, postgame, during the game. Not, no time for that. You'll see things like this. You'll If you watched the game and didn't stuff your face through the whole thing, um, you would have noticed that uh, Dak Prescott threw 20 incompletions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dak Prescott was 23 for 43. He didn't throw 300 yards. He threw an interception. He was sacked five times. He had a QBR of 27. Twenty-seven. Even Jimmy G had a QBR of 68 and a half, which is not great. But he doubled Dax. Doubled it. And really, the only reason that Dallas was even in that game at the end is because of Jimmy G. Because Jimmy G made one of the most boneheaded decisions, one of the most boneheaded plays I've ever seen this year. Well, ever in the playoffs, to be honest with you, he just made a dumb move. Opens up the door for Dallas. Here come the Cowboys. Oh, man. If only we would have got the ball. One more chance. We were going to run that one special play. It was going to be a miracle. Whatever. Shut up. So, switch gears a little bit. Uh, I want to talk college basketball. Um, I just want to make this point. Uh, shout out to Illinois and Purdue. I watched that game three times um, the other day. It was the best college basketball game of the season. Went to double overtime. Andre Curbelo, who I pray can be in a Cavs uniform one day, um, came back from a two-month-long injury and absolutely put his team on the back at the end of the game. Got to go watch it. Um, that was amazing. Duke got upset by Miami at home. They went on the road. They got upset by Florida State. But this ain't about Duke. This ain't about, you know, this is about college basketball as a whole. College basketball as a whole is turning itself into a new, it, it, it is just, it is so much better than college football. It is so much better than college football. And college football, week one's exciting. Week five is 
exciting for half of the country. And by like week eight, you're like, all right, it's down to Ohio State and Alabama, you know, in Georgia and Oklahoma and in Clemson, but not so much anymore. And that's about it. Yeah, you had your Cincinnati in there this year. And Michigan made it this year, but they're not going to make it again. Not next year. College basketball. I, I I could I could legitimately name you thirty teams that I could see win the national championship. Honestly, like being one hundred percent honest with you, that is that that's how I see it. And it's not just about the championships so much as it is the regular season. The regular season is so much better in college basketball. Listen to some games that we had on um, just today. Duke, Florida State, Baylor and West Virginia went down to the wire. Kansas, Oklahoma went down to the wire. UConn and Butler. Texas and Kansas State, Wisconsin and Northwestern. Seton Hall was going to play Providence. They got canceled. Today or tomorrow, we've got LSU versus Alabama. Marquette and Villanova. You know, these are marquee matchups. Saturday, Villanova, Georgetown, Duke, Syracuse, Auburn and Kentucky, Baylor and Oklahoma, Kansas versus Kansas State. And I'm only reading you ranked matchups. I'm only reading you ranked matchups. Tennessee versus LSU, USC versus Utah. These games are impeccable. If you're not on board with college basketball, I'm not sure why. Because these teams are 100% more competitive and it, it, there is it's there's so much more fun in college basketball than there is in college football. There's no point to be made. There's no take on a college basketball team today. I'm not going to break down my top 10. I'm not going to tell you who the best team in the country is. Not just yet. We could talk about it later on in the season as, as college basketball begins to heat up. We're in the middle of conference play. We're about to see the SEC uh, Big 12 Challenge, which is going to be uh, probably better than the Big 10 ACC Challenge was this year. And I'm excited about it. But that's my take. College basketball is simply better than college football. It's just what it is. And, and, and college basketball is adapting. They're adjusting. They are making moves to better their sport. College football is not. They added a 14 playoff. Big deal. The whole entire country wants it to be 12 or 16. And we're still not getting that. A four-team tournament bracket? Four teams? That's what we get? I digress. A couple of weeks ago, right here on the Burley Gunner Show on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, I formed an opinion that the Las Vegas Raiders need to move off of their quarterback, Derek Carr. And it wasn't, and if you if you remember the show and you remember me saying this, it wasn't necessarily so much about Derek Carr as much as it was about Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. So 
Justin Herbert, who's 23, and Patrick Mahomes, who's 26. Patrick Mahomes is clearly already past Derek Carr. He's a better quarterback. And Justin Herbert is, in most people's opinion, a better quarterback than Derek Carr, regardless of what happened in the last game of the season when they went to overtime and, and Las Vegas won it. So you could make an argument that Derek Carr is better than Justin Herbert, but in a couple of seasons, it's not going to be that way. Probably next year, everyone is going to have the opinion that Justin Herbert's better than Derek Carr. So that's why I said that. I, I said, you know, it's not, is Derek Carr a top, you know, half, is he is he in the top half of the quarterbacks in the NFL? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. He is. He 100% is. Um, But he's the third best quarterback in his division. That's not very good. And I said the same thing about um, San Francisco when they drafted Trey Lance. I said, well, they had to draft Trey Lance. Because right now, they're in a, in, they're in a situation with, you got Kyler Murray in Arizona. You got Russell Wilson in Seattle. And now the Rams bring in um, Matthew Stafford. So you're going to roll with Jimmy G as the worst quarterback in the division? That's why they drafted Trey Lance. That right there is why they drafted Trey Lance. And I think it was a good move. And then you got teams like Jacksonville, who is Trevor Lawrence in a division with Tyrod Taylor, Carson Wentz, and Ryan Tannehill. That's a very good situation. So even though they went 3-14, and 14, I'm not saying you move off Trevor Lawrence. But I think that San Francisco moving off Jimmy G and Derek Carr being, you know, let go or traded however they did it in Las Vegas. And I think it leads to my next topic. I think that New England needs to move off of Mac Jones. Yeah. Well, Burley, how do you go from one week you predict the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl to one week later the Patriots need to move off of Mac Jones? I just told you why. It's the same thing as Derek Carr. It, not age. Of course, not age. But it's it's the same thing as Derek Carr. It's the same thing as Jimmy G. The Buffalo Bills in the last two games, their quarterback has completely uh, outplayed Mac Jones. Josh Allen has eight touchdowns and no punts the last two games against the New England Patriots. He is completely better than Mac Jones. It's not even close it is not even close how better how much better Josh Allen is than Mac Jones so is this what we're going to see is this is this is this what it's come down to in the AFC East because Buffalo when Tom Brady was there they never had a guy like Josh Allen now they got a guy like Josh Allen and he absolutely torched New England over the weekend in the playoffs. This team, he, 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 Bill Belichick can't figure this guy out. He hasn't punted 
in the last two games. He scored eight touchdowns. Over the weekend, he was 21 of 25. He threw four incompletions, 308 yards in, five TDs. Mac Jones was 24 for 38 with two picks. Am I jumping the gun? Is there a bit? Is there a little difference because of Derek Carr's age? Sure. Is there a little difference with um, uh, the quarterback situation because all the quarterbacks in the NFC West are are superior to the quarterbacks in the AFC East, other than Josh Allen? Sure. But I think it's very similar. I think the quarterback position is obviously the most important, and if you have a guy in Mac Jones who is the polar opposite of Josh Allen. He's the he is the polar opposite of Josh Allen. He is. And it's not like Peyton Manning Tom Brady opposite because the that's kind of similar in its own debate because Josh Allen the way he throws the ball downfield and he's got this high powered offense that's that's very similar to what Peyton had with Indianapolis and when he was in Indy there was a lot a lot of those games where New England was the underdog to the Colts. But again, we're taught we can't just morph Mac Jones into Tom Brady. That just, it just doesn't happen that way. I know we all wanted to paint that picture of, well, we saw it in 2001, we're about to see it again here in 2021, 2022, 20 years later. And we didn't New England got blown out. And I took New England to win this game. I thought New England would win this game. The, you're giving Bill Belichick four and a half points in a playoff game? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'll take that. And they, they got blown out. It wasn't even close. The game started off 14 to nothing. By halftime, it was like 27 to 3. And then it just spiraled from there. It's New England was never in this ballgame. And the only reason they beat Buffalo in the first place, if you go back to the snowstorm, it took a blizzard. And Josh Allen doesn't play very well in the cold, which is odd. But he played very well in the, in, in the cold over the weekend. You know, he's he's had games where he's played well in, in the cold weather, but that was the only that was the only time New England beat Buffalo. That was it. That was it. That was the only time it happened this year. Took a lot. And the fact that this game wasn't even close, I mean I don't know. I I, I I don't know what the I don't know what the next step for New England would be. Do you do you do what um do you do what Arizona did and just immediately move off and draft a new quarterback? Do you do um what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did when they realized that their quarterback that they drafted number one overall in the first round, didn't go as planned, and they when they moved off of him, they signed a veteran quarterback at Tom Brady. Do you do you do that? If you're New England, is Aaron Rodgers on New England's radar for next season? They're certainly not going to do do what Pittsburgh did. There was a report that Mike Tomlin said that 
They're, they're, Mason Rudolph is their plan at quarterback moving forward. So, in other words, they don't have a plan. And Mason Rudolph is their only option at quarterback. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of quarterback moves over the offseason. The divisional round is... This weekend, we already talked about the Bengals and the Titans. I think the Bengals are going to win that game, um, pull a little upset to kick us off on Saturday. And then let's dive into the NFC matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. The line is minus six. I think that's very fitting. It is the highest line of the weekend as it should be. I think uh, the Packers roll. I think they're going to win this one by Two or three touchdowns at least, somewhere along the lines of 31-13, if San Francisco can even get that many points. Um, But I I do like Green Bay. I don't think that the 49ers are going to put up many points. It might be close through the first half. Um, But I I, I do like the Packers. I think it's inevitable that they get back to the NFC Championship game. And I think that it is also inevitable that they go to play the Bucs. There, there, there's really no explanation why I, I should take Matthew Stafford to beat Tom Brady. It's very hard to beat Tom Brady twice in one season. I don't know how many people can say that they've done that. It can't be too many. Um, and Tampa Bay lost to L.A. earlier in the year. 24, 20, or 34-24, I do believe. I don't have it in front of me. Um, yeah, 34-24. It's very hard to beat Tom Brady twice. And all I, and all I heard all season long was, oh, the Bucks can't, well, the, well, Tom Brady's never won a Super Bowl without a top 10 defense. Well, t- the, this Bucks defense isn't, isn't the, is the, it's not the same as last year's. Actually, it is. It actually is. They they literally brought back everybody from the Super Bowl team last year. Um, did they have the 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 greatest regular season? No, but this is Tom Brady we're talking about. This is a Buccaneer team led by Tom Brady who coasted through the regular season. They didn't show their full potential. They didn't show their cards. And now we're here in the playoffs, and through three quarters of football, they didn't give up a single point to Philly. Not a single one. And I I don't want to hear about how, well, it's Philly. They're a playoff team. And they were held scoreless through three quarters. So don't give me this crap about how Tampa Bay's defense is not good. I think Tampa Bay beats the Rams and and, uh, not a high-scoring shootout like the first one, 34-24. I see this one somewhere along the lines of 24-17, a little low, low, lower score. I'm not saying it's going to be a 10-6 game. This isn't going to be 13-3 like Brady beat the Rams a couple of years ago. But yeah, I, I do think that this, this, this Bucks team, <clears throat> excuse me, I do think this Bucks team, see, the one thing is, the Rams do have the front seven, the the powerful front seven. But when you're when you got an offensive line as good as Tampa Bay's, 
And the left tackle position, Tristan Wirfs, who is is impeccable, I, I, amazing. He came out the same year Jed Wills did. And I, I wanted Jed Wills, but man, I sometimes you look back and I kind of wish the Browns had Tristan Wirfs because he's a, he's going to be a problem. The, the, the Bucks offensive line is going to be able to contain the defensive front seven and allow Brady to find his weapons. This is simple to me, okay? This is simple to me. You've got Bruce Arians, who is a former NFC coach with the Cardinals. He's uh, familiar with um, the Rams, familiar with, with McVay. And it, it's Tom Brady versus Matthew Stafford in a playoff. Matthew Stafford just won his first playoff game. His first playoff game on Monday. Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls. He's been to the Super Bowl ten times. I mean, just look at the line. If you're a sports better, the Bucks, who lost by ten points to the same exact team, who's now upgraded, by the way, Added OBJ, added Von Miller. They're now favorited by two and a half points. Am I? I mean, I I may be a sucker, a square, whatever. I'm taking the box. You give me the box against the Rams. I'm taking the box. Now this one's interesting. Buffalo versus Kansas City. I if you remember last year's AFC Championship game, I do. Uh, mainly because the Browns weren't in it. Stephon Diggs, after the game, was on the field. There's a video, you've probably seen it, where he is just soaking it in, and he just he's watching the celebration after the field, or after the game on the field, watching Kansas City celebrate the AFC Championship game. They're going to the Super Bowl. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, if we get this matchup next year in the playoffs, the Bills are going to win. Solely off of what I just saw. And maybe, again, maybe me being a little naive. A year later, I I, I still want to take the Chiefs. I still think the Chiefs are going to win. I, I don't see anything changing. I mean, it, it's it's happened before where we've seen a team go up against the same team two years in a row in the playoffs and, and lose. You know, Cleveland thought, well, it was a revenge game week one. They're going to beat the Chiefs. They lost. Until I am until I am proven wrong, I will take the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is better than Josh Allen. Arrowhead is, is one hell of a place to play. The place is so loud, probably louder than the dog pound. Just to be honest with you, now I would, I would, I would probably go toe to toe, saying that the dog pound in a playoff game would be louder than Arrowhead, but we haven't got that. We haven't got that. Not in my life. Never, never hosted a playoff game. Not in my lifetime. So I've got the Chiefs to win. I've got the Bucks to win. I've got the Packers to win. Pretty convincingly. And I've got the Bengals to upset, which would force a rematch of Cincinnati and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, and the Chiefs would roll. The Chiefs would go back to the Super Bowl. 
I think that this is a, essentially the AFC Championship game between the Bills and the Chiefs. Whoever wins is beating. They're beating Cincinnati. NFC Championship game would be the Bucks versus the Packers, obviously. And as of right now, I'd take the Bucks. I know, I'm crazy. I took them last week um, when I predicted the Super Bowl matchup of the Bucks versus the Patriots. Obviously, the Patriots aren't out. I'm sticking to what I know and, and what's what, what just makes sense. There's no parity here. There's no parity here. Chiefs are going to beat the Bengals. The Bucks are going to beat the Packers. And once again, we're going to see... The Bucs versus the Chiefs in a Super Bowl rematch. And you know I'm going with the GOAT. You know I'm going with the GOAT. All right, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I think I'm going 4-0 this weekend, though. I really do think I'm going 4-0 this weekend. And I don't see my opinion changing on next week's show. If we do go 4-0 here, I, I don't think I'm going to change my mind I, I, on the Chiefs or Bucks winning uh, next week's matchups. But we'll see. I could be completely wrong. Could go 0-4. Um, let's talk about the Cavs. We don't really talk about the Cavs on this show well we haven't i haven't i haven't been neglecting them people say well you neglect to talk about the cabs this is a, a you know more than half of your listeners are in the cleveland area why do you avoid talking about the cabs it's not i avoid talking about the cabs it's just i don't know it seemed like noise to me but it's come to my attention that the cleveland cavaliers are seated number 4 as of right now and if the playoffs started now they would actually host a playoff game. Their series. They would host a playoff series. And they are just a game and a half behind the Chicago Bulls for the number one seed in the East. They play the Chicago Bulls tomorrow night. Beat them before. I don't see why they can't beat them again. I've been saying this the last couple weeks. Yeah, the, the Cavs are a matchup problem in the regular season. They really are. I mean, they're, they're as old school as it gets. They constantly have three dudes on the court in a Cavs uniform that stands 6'11 or taller at all times. Darius Garland, and I, I said this at the beginning of the season, well, you can't really rely on one guy to score the basketball. Well, he's been doing a damn good job, and he's been finding the bigs down low and getting assists, and it just works. And I'm just afraid that this only works for the regular season. It's a, the, the Pacers a couple of years ago, not a couple of years ago, back in like 2014, um, they were... The, the number one seed in the East. They were a regular season problem. They get to the playoffs, what happens? Okay, we've seen this before. We, we've seen teams who are good in the regular season and they get to the postseason and what, what do we have? The Rockets. They were great in the, post, in, the, in the regular season. Every year they got to the postseason, they fall flat on their face. Because they were a matchup problem night to night. But when you get into the playoffs and you're in a series with good coaching and good teams who can adjust, I just don't know how. Can they win a playoff series? Yeah. Are they ready to go to the finals? No. No. No, they're not ready. 
Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Their odds to, to win the East are like plus 3,300. The Hawks... The Atlanta Hawks are 18 and 25, nine and a half games out of first. And their odds to win the East are 1,500. It's literally less, it's less, it's, it's half of what the Cavs' odds are. Why is that? Well, because I think everyone understands that they're a matchup problem. But I think that Vegas thinks like I think, and once they get into the postseason, well, they're they're it's they're gonna get figured out on a night to night basis. Can they? Are they gonna? Will they win a playoff game? Yeah, I think they probably will. A couple of weeks ago, I was saying that they're not even gonna make the playoffs. I was wrong about that. They really are a, a matchup problem, and especially with the teams in the East because they match up actually very well with Milwaukee and Brooklyn. I would not, I, I think they match up exceptionally well because of their bigs. They have an answer for Giannis. They have an answer for Durant because they have three dudes at 6'11 who are guarding the perimeter and he can't shoot over them as easy. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get into the um, excitement. I really am. I'm not trying to hate on Cleveland. I, I I'm really not. Um, let's see. They're twelve and nine at home. They're fifteen and nine on the road, which is which is really crazy to me because they're so young. Nobody on the team can even drink yet. I mean, that's probably why they're so good on the road. Actually, now that I think about it, because they when they go on the road, they can't go out to these clubs because they're not old enough to get in. They're fifteen and nine in the East. Uh, they're four and one in their own in their division alone, which has you know Milwaukee in it. Beating Milwaukee, um, they're on a five game winning streak, seven of their last ten. I mean, if they win against the Chicago Bulls, they're in first place. I'm sorry that it took me for the Cleveland Cavaliers to be a game away from being in first place. But I I mean I'm on board. Yeah, it's fun. It it really is fun. And I and I'm not My point a month ago, I because I did mention this once. We did talk Cavs once. And my point was what's the point of getting in the playoffs if you're just gonna get swept? You're screwing yourself out of a lottery pick. You're not really helping anything. But I think I was wrong there. Because I think the Cavs actually have pieces. I think Evan Mobley and Jared Allen is a, is is outstanding front court. Okay, they're they're actually um, the Cavs might actually be reversing basketball back to the way it is because if the Cavs make a run, people are going to have to start drafting guys and to 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 stop them. So they could be changing the game a little bit. And Darius Garland is, is <clears throat> I mean, he's good. He's good. He's playing good. I hope he. I hope he continues it. I think he's he's lackluster on defense. Um, doesn't really give much of an effort to play defense. Uh, but yeah, on the offensive side of the ball, he's really good. 
He is really good, and, and I wasn't giving him enough credit at the beginning of the season. So I'm sorry for that. Um, but out of the out of the East, I think that it's wide open for anybody. And I think it's a good year for the Cavs to be in this situation. So as far as, you know, tanking for the draft, not necessarily what I was suggesting. I was just saying, like, what what's so exciting about getting in as an eight seed and then getting blown out by Brooklyn or Chicago or, or Milwaukee? But I actually don't think that's going to happen. I think actually I'm being convinced by the Cavs, not not by the crazies in, in Cleveland, not not by the um, brainwashed um, psychopaths that walk the streets of Cleveland who have been trying to tell me since the first win of the season that they were going to the finals. Um, still not on board with that. But can they win a playoff game? Can they win a playoff series? Yeah, they can. And, and, and they might even host a series. They might host a, a playoff series. We might be going to a Cavs playoff game this year. I was going to talk about the West, but I really don't want to. Um, nah. There's really nothing to talk about the West. I mean, the Lakers are 22 and 22. The, I mean, the, the LeBron literally does this every single season with every new team that he's with. Um, he did it in Miami. He did it in Cleveland. Um, he did it in LA. He's still doing it in LA. This is what happens. Um, about when there's 40 to 50 games in the season, normally LeBron is about, you, you know, people, everyone's questioning whether he's 500 or not, or it, there's been times where he's been in Cleveland and, or with LA and ha- had a phenomenal record at through 40, 50 games and people are still doubting him. I, it's still kind of like the Tom Brady thing. Like just don't doubt LeBron, I guess he's going to be in the playoffs right now. They're an eight seed of the playoffs started right now. Um, but I think that they'd get probably up to a four or a five seed even um if they can you know put a winning streak together they've you know won one game in a row right now there's six out of the last 10 um but i i still like the lakers out of the west probably to be the best team it's kind of hard to argue anthony davis and lebron james it's kind of a coasting thing in the regular season the suns are playing their asses off because they're pissed off about last year golden state's pissed off because everyone forgot about them and well here they are um the memphis grizzlies you know they're playing absolutely phenomenal they didn't necessarily come out of nowhere the last couple of years they've been you know really trending upward the utah jazz are you know regular season utah jazz like we see every single season they'll get bounced in the postseason uh dallas has turned things around they went from being one of the worst teams in the league last year um to now they're 25 and 19 they hold the five seed in the west Denver is a typical regular season denver team same as utah literally the same exact thing um Minnesota's 22 and 22 ranked seventh right now in the West. They probably will not make the playoffs. You got teams like the Blazers um, and the Spurs, who I think could possibly make a run for that spot. Um, And then you got the Clippers also at the nine spot. So the Clippers probably would sneak their way in actually over Portland or San Antonio. But I think the Suns have not. Technically, but theoretically, the Suns have clinched playoff contention. They'll be in the playoffs. The Warriors will be in the playoffs. The Grizzlies at 31 and 15. They will be in the playoffs. Um, And they're 23 and 10 in the Western Conference, by the way. So for anyone saying that Memphis is going to just get into the playoffs and get rolled, they're 23 and 10 in in the Western Conference alone. 
So 23 of their 31 wins have come against these teams. Um, so they will be there. The Jazz will be in the playoffs. Um, Denver will be in the playoffs. Dallas, I mean, they should be in the playoffs, but if that, there was going to be a team to drop out, that would be it. Them and the Timberwolves. Uh, the Lakers will be in the playoffs, and the Clippers will be in the playoffs. So out of the Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, Jazz, that's four. Lakers and Clippers, that's five and six. You've got Denver at seven. That's seven teams. So I'm giving one spot open, whether it's an eight seed or however the seeding works out, for it to be Dallas, Minnesota, Portland, the Spurs, the Kings. I'd probably take Portland, to be honest with you. It's hard to... Hard to count Dame out if you give me the Portland Trailblazers right now against the Dallas Mavericks um, to go to the playoffs. I'd probably take Dame time. So I, I think the West is going to be, you know, a, a lot of the similar teams that you've seen. Um, not a lot of, not a lot going to change there. I think that both LA teams will find themselves and, and get back into things. Uh, again, the Clippers are injured; they're hurt. They'll come back and and they'll be there. The East is is completely all over the place because you've got the Atlanta Hawks at eighteen and twenty five. They're supposed to be one of the better teams. You've got the Knicks who are twenty two and twenty three. They were supposed to be one of the better teams. Boston is supposed to be one of the better teams. They're 23 and 22. So those three teams alone are outside of the playoffs. Washington, we didn't see them. I didn't see them uh, being 23 and 21, holding an eight seed right now. Um, and obviously, I don't think a lot of people saw the Cavs being in this situation. So the, the, the East is very, very deep. As much as, you know, the Hawks have been struggling, the Knicks have been struggling, Boston's been struggling, I think the East has just been beating up on the East. That's just what I'm getting out of it. I think the East is just simply beating up the East. And it's fun. And now that the NFL is winding down and after the Super Bowl is when I really start jumping into the NBA a lot because over the last decade, the regular season of the NBA has just been, you know, well, trash. It's been boring. Not not fun. And it's still sort of that way when I can sit here and go, oh, okay, well, the Lakers are... Uh, 22 and 22, and the uh, Clippers are 22 and 23, but they'll be there. They'll be in the playoffs. And it's not, it's not fun anymore. There's no, there's no sense of urgency anymore. Maybe, maybe some teams in the East a little bit of sense of urgency, and the East is a little more fun. But again, I, I'm more so a- along for just the ride of the Cavs. I guess. I mean, 27 and 18, a five-game winning streak against seven out of the last ten. It's gonna be fun. Can't believe we just talked NBA for about 10 minutes on this show. We'll get back into it. We'll, we'll start. Once the NFL goes away, I mean, there's not nothing else to talk about except for college basketball and the NBA until we get baseball back. And baseball is a daily thing, just like college basketball and the, the NBA. So we'll have fun with it. Um, thanks for choosing the Burley Gunner Show on your Wednesday, your Thursday, your Saturday morning, whenever you freaks are listening to me. I appreciate it. Right here on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, Apple Podcast, and Red Circle. Check out the Cleveland Sports Fan Facebook page. Follow me on the Book It Sports app at Burley Gunner. Follow me everywhere at Burley Gunner, actually. Um, <clears throat> and follow the Burning River Buckets on Twitter, Instagram, at Burning River Buckets. 
Uh, again, a top 25 matchup this Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Tickets are on sale for $10. You can watch the television broadcast if you are not local, if you're from, you know, if you're listening from California or Florida or Colorado, wherever you're listening and you can't make it to the game. The television broadcast will be on my Twitter um, about 30 minutes before game time. So again, Burning River Buckets, top 25 matchup against the Chicago Fury. That's this Saturday. A loaded college basketball slate on Saturday that I am excited for. Duke plays Syracuse. So that is fun. Until next time, until next week, go football. I'm excited. Can't wait. I'm going 4-0, by the way. Did you forget? Bengals, uh, Packers, Bucks, Chiefs. Going 4-0. We'll see you next week.